Megan, I have been using our sponsor Element, that's L-M-N-T, to boost my hydration for over a month now, and I'm really loving it. I'm just not very good at drinking plain water, and I love the taste when I pop one of these little packets, I like orange or grapefruit, into a big bottle of water. It's kind of fruity and salty, and it just helps me hydrate better overall. Element is a zero-sugar electrolyte drink mix born from the growing body of research that shows the best health outcomes occur with higher sodium levels. Each little pack delivers a significant dose of electrolytes, but minus sugar, artificial colors, and other iffy ingredients. Element's flavors are so unique, like fruity watermelon salt and spicy sweet mango chili. And we're going to set our listeners up with a variety pack so you can find your favorite. Right. You can receive a free Element sample pack containing eight flavors with any drink mix purchase when you purchase through our custom link, drinkelement.com slash momhour. That's D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T slash momhour. This offer is available exclusively through our partnership and is available for both new and returning customers. And if you're an Element Insider, you'll have first access to Element Sparkling, a bold can of sparkling electrolyte water. Again, it's drinklmnt.com slash momhour. Hi, I'm Megan. And I'm Sarah. We're two moms with eight kids between us, and we're the hosts of The Mom Hour. On this show, we're joined by a team of unique mom voices from across the country and in different stages of motherhood to bring you tips, ideas, and encouragement, and to help you feel a little less alone. We all know that motherhood is a lot easier when real moms share honest truths and remind each other that it's all going to be okay. We're not experts. We're parents who've been there. We're not perfect. We're real. Welcome to the Mom Hour. Hey, everyone, and welcome to episode 399 of the Mom Hour. I am Sarah Powers here with Megan Francis. Hey, Megan. Hey, Sarah. 399 feels like a really legit number to me. You know what it feels like is we should probably figure out what we're doing for 400. <laughs> Well, I guess, yeah, that, we should probably celebrate that or commemorate that in some way, right? It's like uh, if your kid has a birthday in early January and you're like, yeah, but hang on. Like, I just turned right. the page to a new year. I can't right, I'm not this ready out. for this yet. Yeah, that's kind of how <laughs> this particular milestone is rolling around right at a time where we're just like, you know, squeezing in recording around holidays and getting our bearings in the new year. So stay tuned for that next week. Episode 400. Whatever everyone, it might be. Whatever it might be. Unknown to any of us literally <laughs> at all right now. But. I love it. Um, well, we are talking about January today, and we wanted to broaden our discussion about kind of goals and intentions. We always do something in that like general um, bucket of topics. But this year, we wanted to just talk about what inspires us during the month of January, a time when a lot of people are thinking ahead to what this year looks like, maybe still reflecting. If you're still reflecting on 2022, stay in that place. Like this, is, yeah. I feel like we both really encourage people to use the first few weeks of the year to, to kind of reflect on the past, gently start to look toward the future. So rather than, I guess, give prescriptive advice for how to do that, um, today we wanted to talk about what puts us in that inspired January mood or January mindset. And it can be very personality specific. Yeah. Um, and it can also be very like every year is a little bit different. I've had years mm -hmm. where I am ready to be gung ho about some very specific goals right away. And I've had other years where I'm feeling a little more like reflecty and thinky. I think this is one of those years. So we're going to just go back and forth today and, and talk about what we are currently consuming and thinking about and doing 
to set the mood, set the atmosphere for January. I love this because you're so right that not only is it very personal, um, but it changes a lot year to year. I'm not somebody who listens to like in the mm, personal development category. Typically, I don't listen to like a lot of organizational podcasts or podcast like podcasts on that topic or even I don't read a lot of books on that topic or whatever. But what I do do is change the way I consume, like sometimes the pace at which I consume content Mm -hmm. in January that fits in with whatever buckets I'm personally working on. And then it's like, I, I take it all and kind of synthesize it all and create sort of my own plan. And it all gets me in the mood, right. In this, in this very January mindset kind of mood. Yeah, I agree. Um, I'm excited because I would like, I, I typically like to extend the January mood all the way through the month. And that's not to say that I put off taking action or making small changes. Um, I think a lot of us naturally just do that in January. Um, but I don't like to shut the door on reflection and inspiration by like the second of January, because I feel like I, I miss out. So, um, hopefully today listeners, maybe you'll get some specific ideas from us. We are going to talk about, I don't know, some, maybe some books or some Instagram accounts we're following. But also what what's inspiring us might remind you to go seek that inspiration out and set the January mood for yourself. Yeah, I love that. Well, I did want to mention that um, while we're recording this, it's not January just yet, but we're both kind of on the prep, the precipice of our own personal New Year's, right? Mine is going to include um, a yoga challenge that I've done some form of for the past four years, although last year I didn't do the the challenge, I just went to yoga teacher training, which was actually like way more of a challenge. That was a huge than a yoga challenge. challenge. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. But like I've had a very yoga e, a very yoga um, beginning of the year and it's really working for me. Um, I know that you've got, you like to enter perhaps January's a little differently than I do, maybe with a little bit less of a bang and yeah. more of a uh, easing in and lots of time to think. So what does that look like for you? Well, it's funny because I am so calendar oriented and I, I love to be, I have my essential calendar. I have my digital calendar. I have my like bullet journal that we're going to get into. But what I realized is my favorite thing in early January is to have very little actually on the schedule. So like I want our weekends free. Of course, the kids are going to make their way back to school and all that, but I don't want anything extra on the schedule. I want lots of time to think about the calendar for the year. It's truly like my happy place. So on the one hand, I'm very calendar oriented this time of year, but I don't want to be busy. I want to sit at home with my calendar and kind of like map out the year. So we'll get into that in a little bit more detail, but that's kind of the headspace I like to be in, especially right around early January. Well, what I think is so interesting about that is that during the, like during the Christmas holiday, which is when we were recording this, I tend to wallow in inactivity so deeply (laughs) that by January 1st, I am so sick of myself. Like I am so tired of being so immobile that I want to spring into action. So I actually tend to fill my January's with a lot of stuff. And it's like, I need it. I need it to like jumpstart me because I start to feel like a car where like, not only did the battery die, but the, like there's no saving it. Yeah. And I, I stay pretty active aside from like Christmas day and the day after where you're just really like cozy and maybe don't do much. But I, in the week between Christmas and new year's, I actually am very productive. Like I'm, I'm puttering around. It's like, 
I get a little burst of post-Christmas energy and it's not New Year's-y energy so much as like wrapping up, reflecting. Yeah. All that thinky space. It's all sloth over here, Sarah. <laughs> I got I to gotta drag myself out pretty hard. I did want to mention before we dive into this discussion that um, the latest episode, so the first episode for this season of the Mother of Reinvention podcast just came out last Thursday. And we talked a lot about our personality differences and how we tackle some of these different things. Not so much about like New Year, but but more like how your sort of data-driven way of looking at the world and my more emotional way of looking at the world um, affects the way we make plans. And it was a really fun really fun conversation. So it's a great companion to this episode if you want to check that out when you're done with this one. Yeah, it was so much fun. And if people aren't familiar, Mother of Reinvention is normally your podcast either by yourself or with guests, but I was with you on this one. So I'm not always there, but I'm there this time and we had a lot of fun. So we'll, we will link up in our show notes how to get that and then people should subscribe to Mother of Reinvention and keep listening. Yeah, it'll be fun. Megan, the end of the school year and kickoff to summer is a busy time of the year for families, but we can all eat stress-free and hit our wellness goals with ready-to-eat meals from our sponsor, Factor. Factor's delicious meals are never frozen and can be ready to eat in just two minutes. You can pick from a weekly menu of 35 options, including popular choices like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Plus, they have more than 60 add-ons like breakfast, lunch, snacks, and beverages to keep you fueled all day long. So our team was comparing notes recently on our favorite factor meals, and Katie loved the herb-crusted chicken with mashed cauliflower and toasted almond green beans. I loved that one, too. And get this, so did her little boy, Charlie. She heated it up for lunch one day, and Charlie, who's three, ate almost all of the green beans. I mean, that's quite an endorsement, right? I was going to say, what a parenting win. <laughs> and I get it, Charlie. Those green beans are crazy good. And if you really want to treat yourself, they even have meals with filet mignon, shrimp, truffle butter, broccolini, and asparagus. Listeners, head to factormeals.com slash momhour50 and use code momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code momhour5050 at factormeals.com slash momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Okay, Megan. Well, over here at the Mom Hour, we are big fans of our sponsor, Our Place. In fact, you, me, and our team member, Katie, were all comparing notes on our favorite product. Katie was telling us that even though she's packing up to move her family to a new house, she cannot put that mini perfect pot from Our Place into the boxes yet because she's using it like every night. Well, as someone who also has a perfect pot, I got mine as part of their mini home cook duo set. I get it. It's nonstick, which is key, but it also has all these handy features like a steam release lid with a built-in strainer and this nice beechwood spoon that nests on the handle in this perfect little peg. Okay, well, I didn't get this pot, but now I want it. That sounds so great. Our Place's cookware is great to cook with, beautiful to look at, and healthier for us as well. All of Our Place's products are made without PFAS, also known as forever chemicals. In addition to their cookware and tableware, Our Place is also making waves with their Wonder Oven, the most stylish all-in-one air fryer and toaster oven. Again, free from the forever chemicals found in many of those air fryers. Listeners, Our Place offers a 100-day trial with free shipping and returns, and we've got a great deal for you. Go to fromourplace.com and enter the code MOMHOUR at checkout to receive 10% off site-wide. That's fromourplace.com, code MOMHOUR. 
Okay, Sarah, I am really excited because again, in the sloth, in the sloth mode that I'm in right now, where I am, I'm just going to set the stage for you. <laughs> I'm back to recording in my bed because walking 10 feet to my office sounds really hard right now, especially because it would mean putting shoes on. And um, I'm in like a semi-reclined position and I've just had so much cheese <laughs> and so many Hershey's Kisses lately. And I basically like I love and hate myself right now. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Like, that I feeling. love this. Yeah, I love the like the job of the hut that I've become. And yet I also it's like the spark of self-loathing. I get it. <laughs> that still can be very helpful. sometimes. That's where well, I'm this at. episode will it will inspire you. We're inspiring our, so. our future selves. <laughs> Okay, well, then to kick off this discussion, I'll just share um, the first thing. This is a little outside the box, but this is something I do almost every new year. Um, And it is to visit my local public library in person and just wander around. Now, what does this have to do with setting the January mood? You might wonder. One might wonder. (laughs) I what I love about a local library, and I would say the same about a well-stocked local bookstore. But there's something about the library that's even better because you're not spending any money. You're like connecting to your community. But the librarians have worked very hard to curate. They're excited for the new year too. And so, when you walk into a library at the beginning of any new season, this is true also at the beginning of summer and back to school. There are things you don't even know you need in your life or want in your life that somebody else has lovingly put on a shelf for you. So my favorite shelf in my tiny little branch of my local library is uh, just the new nonfiction shelf. Um, And they do a really good job. So it's whatever new nonfiction has arrived to this little library. Sometimes it's cookbooks. Sometimes it's home design. Sometimes it's a memoir or a biography, which I love. And so I love that for me, because I tend to like, um, I guess I, I don't go after surprises as often in life, but walking into a library or a bookstore and just mm-hmm. like seeing what it has to offer me feels very new year, very inspirational. And, um, just a plug for getting both cookbooks and home decor books from the library, because you can get inspired and kind of consume what you will out of them and then, and then take ret- them back and then return them, which <laughs> sticks yeah. with your decluttering goals yeah. for the year. So I just, I know if you have little tiny kids, you probably go, a lot of you probably go to story time at the library. Don't forget that libraries are for grownups too. I'm actually sad for myself that I have gone through big phases of my life without regularly going to the public library. And so, yeah, that's, that's something that always inspires me. And mine is closed this, the holiday week. I think it opens back up on the second or third and I will be there. I'll be a doorbuster. Well, Sarah, this is so inspiring to me. Um, I know you said this was actually like you didn't know if it would hit with everybody, but I moved into the house that we live in now uh, 10, 10 months ago. Like we moved in like at the end of February, I think. We might have the first night we slept here might have been like the last week of February. And we have not officially joined our new library. I've been to that new library before because it has like a um what's the word? Uh, reciprocity between yeah. uh-huh. my old, like, like my yeah. old library is just right down the road, Yeah, but I have not gone through the, I have not yet done the thing where I, I like make this my official. And do, you, do you need a new card? So their catalogs are separate. Yeah. You can, you can use the cards at both, but they are separate systems. Got it. So I've been able to actually check out a book there on my old card. Cause I didn't go tell my, it's like, I, I, 
the town that I lived in before, again, 10 minutes down the road, it's not like I'm leaving it forever. There was just a really cute library that I got kind of attached to. And I have not wanted to go tell them that I, not like I have to go break ties with them. I don't have to go (laughs) to like cut the card up in front of them and throw it at them or something like that. But I have not, I have not formally broken ties with that library to start a relationship with this new library. It's a really weird holdout. I will say the new library in the town that I'm in is much more, I mean, it's bigger. There's a lot more selection. It's not quite as like charming and cute. Mm -hmm. So part of that, it's like a different user experience. Yeah. But I think it's also just nostalgia. You know, that library was the one that Clara and I went to every Monday after school for years. And it just, I, I just haven't been able to, to bring myself to do it, I guess. Yeah. But Clara has asked a couple times, like, when are we going to go get new library cards? Aww. And maybe the two of us can just make that a fun little date to really immerse ourselves in our new town that yes. because we still live so close to the old town and the kids still go to school there, we have not really done. Yeah, that will feel really good. That'll feel like a really good new year, clean slate. And then yeah. if I can also nudge you to then get Libby app so that you can yes. without ever going anywhere get ebooks and audiobooks for free. You just put in your library card. It's like it's a hassle yeah. to do once, but then once you do that, get set up digitally too because like I get all my Kindle books from the library and then audiobooks too. So well, um our friend Amy Clark created like a really great resource for how to use the Libby app. Mm-hmm. Um it's like very in-depth, a bit, like she talked to people from Libby oh, cool. about basically tips and tricks to get the best use out of it. So we should link that up because yeah. it definitely inspired me. That is not something I have I know that it used to be something different. It wasn't called Libby before yeah, or something. Had, um started with an E. No, uh Overdrive. That's the one Overdrive. a lot of them used. Yeah, yeah. 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 Libby's way uh, better. Always yeah. has sounded to me like a video game. Yeah. But <laughs> Anyway, so doesn't exactly spark my fancy. Um, but here's the other thing I will say about the library is that I am on a mission this year, not just to reduce clutter and simplify, but to just strip unnecessary spending out of my yes. budget. And libraries are so great for that. Like, I there's mean, no reason why we couldn't go check out DVDs, for yeah. goodness sakes. Like, why not? And and a lot of libraries, you can rent power tools if you know. Okay, you're, you are, Eric's a power tools guy. You don't need that, but there are other the media has every single one. The though. library of things, I think is what they call it at mine, where there's other things you can check out VR headsets and 3d printers and like crazy cool stuff. So, um, last library plug, this is not an episode about the library, but follow your public library on social media. If you consume social media, because first of all, it's just nice to them and it's all run by librarians and they're just the greatest people. But my public library is so good at Instagram. It cracks me up. I posted a reel that they did like they're really having a lot of fun with their socials. So that's another way yeah. to keep the library top of mind where you're like, oh, right, the library. Easy to forget. I had, a, I had a funny reel pop into my feed yesterday and I was like, who did this? And it was the Milwaukee Public Library. Yes. I, I was they're like, the these smartest. people are hilarious. Yes, they are. It's, yeah. they're, they're so smart. Um, yeah. So yeah, yay libraries. Okay, that was way too long. This is going to be Well, I would add hours. one more thing. Sorry, we're never going to get to this episode, <laughs> but I just want to add one more thing about the local library um, in this little, you know, little northerly town like Mayberry too. Yes. <laughs> that, yes. Um, that we're going to be like not living in, but, you know, doing commerce in and, vi- and visiting it um, a lot. Um, they have a cake pan loaning. At the so library? If, at the library. <laughs> I love like, it so much. That's one of the links on their web, on their homepage. Yeah. Is that if say you want to make your, and I thought this is weird. Like what a weird thing to get into, but they have like a library of 400 cake pans. So let's pretend it's your kid's birthday and you want to make them, you know, like, 
a frozen cake or whatever people are making these days or, you know, um, you just go there and check it out for 25 cents. That's amazing. It's like what a specific thing that meets such a specific need that maybe you don't even know you have. Yeah. And how did that? I want to know how it started. Yeah. Like maybe somebody just had made a donation of a bunch and then they're like, well, this is great. Let's just do this now. So anyway, love it. Okay, okay. How about you? What's putting you in the January mood? <laughs> well, I, ha- this is kind of a long one. That's actually several kind of that go together. So, um, you know, that we've talked a lot about notebooks and planners and I won't reiterate too much of what I've said besides the fact that I get very lost in having too many notebooks, not knowing what to do with them. And I accidentally wound up with three notebooks that are all in the same shade of forest green, which felt kind of like some kind of a sign. One of them was a very simple yearly planner that I got, or like a month-by-month planner that I got at TJ Maxx. I have not used a physical planner in so long, but after our last conversation that we had, I think it was maybe in our um, subscriber group about, about like, you know, how I have all these notebooks and I don't know what to do with them. And then I I do all of my planning on my, on my digital um, calendar. So why would I use a planner? I thought I'm doing this all wrong. I'm doing it all wrong. So (laughs) here's what I'm doing now. I've got three forest green matching paper thought receptacles. My big moleskin will continue to be my to-do list. That is not going to change. My little one that I bought that I didn't know what to do with is going to become my journal. And if you want to hear about the way I'm approaching journaling now, we talk a lot about it in that Mother of Reinvention episode. But basically... I'm just looking at it differently this year and I'm going to be looking, it's going to be less like today. I feel like such and such. Cause I would do that naturally. I don't really need to make a practice out of that. It's going to be a log and that's going to happen in my little one. And then my planner is just going to be for opening up and going, here's what's coming up. So Sarah, I think you're going to be really proud of me. Yeah. I'm liking I, this already. I already looked at both my college kids, academic calendars and or calendar and my middle and high school kids academic calendars detailed everything out on paper also put in weeks that I plan to have available to go to the upper peninsula where we have our new business venture um I don't I don't expect that I'll be up there every single month for a week but I set aside a week every single month that I could go right where there's like right. nothing else happening that would make it impossible mm-hmm. I think I just started to realize that with a college kid, their, you know, their calendars don't jive with the kids. In. And it's not like you're going to pull them out of school for a couple of days. Like you no, might with, no, they're, with, right. Yeah. Like nothing lines up anymore. Yeah. And then with this new business venture up North, I'm like, okay, even though typically I seem to, I kind of take life as it comes, you know, a couple weeks ahead, I'm usually pretty good, but I was like, this is starting to feel very chaotic mm-hmm. and I need to get, I need to tame this is what I felt like. So, um, actually like two weeks ago, I put it all on paper, just like, here's when this kid's home. Mm-hmm. Here's when this, these kids are home. Here's when this vacation's happening. Here's when I think I want to go up North. I have, um, for the reinvent community, I plotted out all the zooms. They're already on my calendar and I put it all in one, like just on one piece of paper. And then I went through and put it all in this calendar. And now I'm realizing even if all I ever do is use that January at a glance page. It's super helpful when used in conjunction with these other two things. And I think I, I think 
the problem I've had in the past with planners is I try to make them do too much. Mm -hmm. I try to make them do things they can't do. It's not going to be my calendar. I'm not going to look at like have Google calendar as like the the engine of your life as do I. I'm not going to transcribe every meeting over to this paper thing. That's not going to happen, but it's really helpful to have, to know what to use it for. And so anyway, I guess what's getting me in the January mood is getting my crap together ahead of January. I love it. I love it. And having the right tools and, and a (laughs) new, a new burst of energy, doing something a little differently. Um, well, that is a perfect segue into my next one. And, um, so the specific thing that's inspiring my, me right now (laughs) is on Instagram, searching up as the kids say, uh, pictures of bullet journal examples for how to do a weekly or monthly spread in a bullet journal. Now stay with me here. Bullet journaling became a trend. I looked it up because I was like joking with you that I think I'm 10 years late to this trend. And yeah, 2013, 2014 was when bullet journaling. We love being late. We love being late to trends. And I also want to say I'm not actually bullet journaling in the committed way that people got really, really into back in the day. But what I have is a dotted Moleskine. So the Moleskine, but instead of lines, it's dots. Um, And I have, I was already starting this in the fall, um, but really starting to create my own monthly and weekly planner spreads as needed. What I like about this is sometimes I go a few weeks without wanting that like week at a glance look, but then I will get organized and I will make one and it'll help give me that exact same paper visual that you're talking about. Um, But the, the, so I guess all that to say, I've already been playing with this since about October, but just the other day was the first time I like sort of indulged in the real artistry of what actual bullet journalers are doing with their spreads. And it's so lovely. So I think this is an example of where I will be inspired by the visuals and I might take one or two little things away from like, oh, this person does their monthly. They actually draw out with with pen on the little dots. They draw out their January calendar, but then they put um, an inspiring quote over here and then they have a little box for goals. And it's like basically if you've ever liked the idea of a planner, but you don't like the way they lay it out. Like, Oh, I don't need a menu plan on my week. I, I would rather have this. It really is that customizable. And this is the part that's very season of life. I have the time and space now in this season of life to keep my nice pens. Nice. My kids aren't stealing my colored fine liners. They're not stealing my pens. I have time to like sit with a cup of coffee and it honestly, it feels very therapeutic and that's the corniest like thing, but that's, that's why people enjoy that tactile experience. And I just was not when bullet journaling, when, when this trend hit, I had a newborn, a two-year-old and a four-year-old. <laughs> yeah. So I was not going to be, I didn't take that. I was not gonna take the time. No. Um, so the, the specific inspiration is, is how beautiful real bullet journalers make their spreads. And I can link to a couple that I have been inspired by, but I guess the bigger, the bigger space for me is trying something new and having that more physical tactile experience with creating pages for my calendar. Um, my to-do list is still digital and to-doist and my real calendar is still in Google calendar, just like yours, but this is that, that physical companion. So Eric lately asked me, do you buy new pens every time you go to the store? And I, (laughs) I actually had to stop and think about it because no, of course not every time I go, 
But for so many years, my knee jerk response, like a, um, I had such a scarcity mindset about things like that, yeah. that I was constantly thinking like I would have to go replace what had been stolen from me or like yes. broken or used up or taken to school or whatever. Um, take someone wandered off with my stuff all the time. And now that that's not happening, like the glut of pens, it's actually, it will actually feel, I believe, more refreshing and like um, new year energy for me to buy less of that stuff now, which yeah. is a really weird place to be in because for so long it was the opposite. Or maybe so, just, just organize the ones you have because you know, like that. nobody's going to take them away. They're actually all yours. <laughs> They're all mine. I don't have to squirrel them away anymore and hide yeah. them places. Yes. And I also now know like the pens that um, Owen really likes. And I purposely don't buy that brand for myself anymore because those are his favorite and okay, he can have them yeah. Yeah. and I'll have, I will have mine. Yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. Well, um, a very New Year's Eve January kind of thing that I, I usually find myself adopting some new practice or system around a common household task. This year, I think I'm going to do two. I almost always overhaul my grocery shopping routine. And now that I've been in this new house for, you know, going on a year, it's time. Like I, I what happened, it was a pretty big change. I went from almost all grocery delivery a year ago yeah. to zero grocery delivery. I didn't update or um, renew my shipped membership or any of that stuff right. this year because I now live three minutes away from a pretty good grocery store. That Well, the, the store is great. It has everything and the prices are pretty good. Um, but I think I could... I think I could make some changes to that. There's still improvement that could happen now that I'm this long in to like how I'm doing or when I'm doing things, I guess. Now I think I could update like how, like I forget to check the sales flyers before I go. Yeah. I forget to check like the coupons before I go. I could easily do that. Um, there's just a few tweaks I'd like to make. So that's not going to be like a minor change, but I also want to, and with the help of my new like book, book, book system, <laughs> which includes a, a month by month planner, I am going to challenge myself to work my way through organizing every area of my house, but I'm going to do it over the course of a year. Love this. So here's the thing. Typically, I overwhelm myself because I'll be like, I want every area of my house organized today. Yeah, me too. I can't. We're the same that way a little bit. Yeah, it's not going to happen. And so then I get a year in and I'm like, well, all I ever did was that drawer. Yeah. That was a good day. That was a good day. But like the time is going to go by whether I do it or not. So why not spread it out a little bit? And so in my, um, in my goals, my at a glance page in my planner, I am writing down the area that I want to, um, that I want to work on and I'm making it work seasonally. So for example, the other day I kind of had like a, and we're recording this, still the kind of the tail end of the holiday season. And both you and I have our kids home with us for quite some time. So it's kind of getting stretched out pretty long this year into January. And I kind of had like a little, I don't know, be in my bonnet, I guess, to overhaul my laundry room. You and I talked about that in our laundry episode. And, but the laundry room is also where I have all that storage for seasonal stuff. Right. And I was like, well, why would I do that now? That makes no sense. I'm going to wait until all the Christmas stuff is getting put away, which is not just yet. Right. And then it's like a, I'll do it all at the same time. Yeah. So instead I worked in my pantry because my pantry was in a place where I could work on it. It's just yeah. it's like, I have to make it make logical sense. Uh-huh. And when you look at your whole year, you know this because you're calendar focused. When you look at your whole year as a whole, then you could say, well, what makes sense to do in March? Well, here, yeah. that's the month I want to start thinking about 
my garden. And so what would I put there logically? You know, so I love this so much. I'm like, that's like so motivating for me to hear. And I, I do tend to think in the calendar, but with home stuff, I also can get very overwhelmed, very, um, like aspirational, but then a little disappointed when things don't happen. I wrote down a couple home goals for this, well, the 2022. So now last year, and we didn't do any of them. I wanted new knobs for the kitchen cabinets. I wanted new kitchen chairs and O'Brien did finish his garden bed, but that took a year and a half. So we tend to move slowly on home improvements in my house. And I can, that can really, um, make me lose momentum. So I think the idea of a, a monthly focus is great. Well, and you know, I'm never going to, in July, care about like the state of my closets. Sure. I'm just not going to. And I don't know why I keep trying to like pigeonhole myself into caring about things during times of year that I don't <laughs> can't care about that right now. Can't care about that. But you know what I can care a lot about in July is my patio. Yeah. Um, I can care a lot about and I don't have to like start a garden every year in April necessarily. But it seems like every year I sort of forget that it's April until it's May. And then I'm like, well, I missed a lot of opportunities (laughs) to do some stuff maintenance wise on my yard that really would have been better to do then. So I'm counting like the yard and all that in the big picture. But um, I feel like planning it out in a reasonable way, like that allows for real life as as a year is going to be so helpful. So inspiring for January because there's lots to look forward to. It doesn't all have to happen this month. I love that. Okay, Megan, like many of our listeners, I'm sure I've been doing some spring cleaning in my closet lately, and it always feels so good to get rid of clothes I'm not wearing, things that don't fit or that aren't my style anymore. But you know what I realized? All of my Vionic shoes are always in the keep pile. They just tick all the boxes. They're cute, comfy, high quality. They last forever. And I love growing my Vionic collection, especially with the latest styles from their Vionic Vitals collection. The Vionic Vitals collection offers daily wear styles designed for elegance, comfort, and versatility. We both love the Uptown Loafer, which collapses flat, so it's perfect for travel. The Chardonnay Heeled Sandal, which I know you love, Sarah. The Walk 23 Classic Sneaker, which our team member Katie gets compliments on all the time. And the Willa Slip-On Flat, one of my favorites, which comes in 12 colors for any outfit. Yeah, I need to uh, get the Willa Slip-On Flat. That's next on my list. Well, listeners, if you're ready to try the shoes we're always raving about, use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at bionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's one-time use only. Bionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. Sarah, our sponsor, Haya Health, makes a kid's daily multivitamin that parents can feel great about giving their kids because they have no added sugars or dyes. And our kids who have tried Haya vitamins have loved them, which is important, right? Because what good is a bottle of vitamins that your kid won't take? Haya was founded by two dads who didn't like the ingredients label on some of the popular children's vitamins they were seeing on store shelves. So they got to work developing a formula that would help fill the most common nutrient gaps in modern kids' diets. Haya's Chewable Kids Vitamin is made with a blend of 12 organic fruits and vegetables and then supercharged with 15 essential vitamins and minerals. They're also vegan, dairy-free, allergy-free, gelatin-free, and nut-free. Haya manufactures their vitamins right here in the USA with globally sourced ingredients, and then they ship their chewable vitamins directly to your door on a pediatrician-recommended schedule. We've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. You're going to get 50% off your first order. To claim this deal, go to HayaHealth.com slash MomHour. 
This deal is not available on their regular website. Go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H.com slash mom hour and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. Okay. Well, this one might sound a little strange at first because I'm going to reference the book Calm Christmas by Beth Kempton. However, um, if you're not familiar with this book, Megan, you turned me on to the podcast and I know a bunch of our contributors and our listener community was loving the Calm Christmas podcast, which sounds funny to talk about in January. But there's also an audiobook. I think the book probably came first and then she made the companion podcast. Um, but the, uh, the book itself is called Calm Christmas and a Happy New Year. And really the back third of the book is about the period after Christmas going into January and then um, reflection on the year past in preparation for the year ahead. I would argue that I guess listeners are hearing this January 10th. It is not at all too late. And in fact, so valuable while it's still fresh in your mind um, before much more time passes to reflect on last year because it's such a key for me, at least it is such a key part of what happens next, which is to look forward. And the farther we get into January, the more tempting it is to just look ahead. So um, I think you can find this audiobook fairly easily or the ebook if you want to read it um, or the paper book. It exists in all ways. Um, and the it includes a PDF of like printables and things for, yeah, reflecting on last year. And the, I just love, I know you listened to part of her podcast, Megan, but her um, way of thinking about what's meaningful and what's important is like just a lovely cross section of practical and a little bit more like emotional, spiritual. I just thought it was delightful. I happened to listen to the last part of the book actually in the week, in the days following Christmas, and it was so perfect. Well, I love this because my next one was also a Beth Kempton oh. fangirling. So, oh my gosh. Um, Okay. So yes, I loved the Calm Christmas podcast. I, I don't, I didn't listen to the entire thing, but I listened to probably, I listened to the whole episode from this year. So like the long one. Yep. And then I listened to four or five from previous seasons. And I ended up signing up for her winter writing sanctuary, which is like oh. a free daily writing. Um, it's like, a, she does like a video prompt and then you have, or like she has a video and then there's a prompt that okay. you write on a theme and it, runs from December 28th to January 6th. Now I signed up for it knowing full well, so it's over, right? right? I knew I wouldn't have time to work on it during the week it was live. Like that week for me, um, the week we're recording actually now, I've got family in town. There's just a lot going on. I knew that I wasn't going to have the time to devote, but it's a, you can work through it at your own pace. So for me, it's like there is a placeholder because I know that I wanted to create more of a regular writing practice again. So I don't even think it's probably I don't think the winter writing sanctuary is available anymore to sign up for, but someone like Beth will have regular things that you can just get on your calendar. Yeah. And so what I now, now I've already signed up for it. It was free. I have all the resources. I have access to them, I think for like six months. Okay. So I'm just going to find a week where I can do it in January and slot it in. I mean, I can do it whenever yeah. I want. But I think that's the key. If you do something self-paced and you can't do it the week it's supposed to be done, you have to put it on your calendar. Yeah. Like you have to still decide when it's going to get done. Yep. And then I also signed up for her um, book proposal class in February, which was a paid thing and um, not cheap, but it's been a long time since I've written a book and it's something I'd like to do in uh, 2023. And I know I just knew that I could use 
I could use a refresher. I'm very rusty, but also I could use her style of refresher because it's very gentle. Yes. And it just like it just jived with the mood. I feel like Beth Kempton is a mood, as the kids say. <laughs> and um, it's the right mood for now. Yes. Like it's the mood we all need. right now. It's gentle so, and it's cozy yeah. and it acknowledges yeah. like different seasons of life, including yes. winter and the slowness of this time of year. So it's just yeah. if, if you really react against go get them January messaging that tends to be like really rah, rah. And, and some people really love that. And, and if you sort of recoil against that, I would highly recommend Beth Kempton. And maybe the takeaway from both of our things, because maybe no one wants to listen to Calm Christmas on January 10th. I get that. But pick somebody who's who makes you feel cozy and good and then support them, support their work, either by signing up for yes. their email list. Yes. You know, we had that whole conversation a couple of weeks ago about supporting creators um, by a downloadable. Another one I like that I wanted to make sure I mentioned at some point today was Big Life Journal and their New Year reflection packets. I always get them for my kids, but they work for adults, too. So I can get sometimes overwhelmed and I'm like, "Ooh, should I do this printable? Should I do that one? OK, I downloaded it and then I forget to print it. Like, just pick something, support one of those yes. creators who makes you feel good and print it out and see what happens. It doesn't ha you don't have to do any more than that. OK, I love that reminder that there is a lot of things happening in this creator space that is inspiration worthy. And it's like so and I'll talk a little bit more in a, in a few minutes about specific kinds of content I find myself um, consuming right now. But like anything you want, there's a creator out there making it. And um, in the Beth Kempton is a great example of someone who's got her Christmas thing, but also she's got a writer podcast mm -hmm. that you, that would maybe feel a little more if you're in a writerly state of mind right now, um, would maybe feel a little more relevant than Christmas. So if somebody, I guess the, the takeaway is if there's a creator doing something you love, dig a little bit. I yeah. bet you'll find other stuff they're doing that you'll also love that may not be obvious or evident. Yeah. And start with who makes you feel good because yeah. we, we're both into this kind of creative writerly vibe or home. But you could say the same for food, fitness, um, business growth. Like there are there are creators in all of those spheres and some of them are going to make you feel yucky and some of them make you feel good. And, you know, when it feels good. So I guess that's like the January mood is like pick the ones that make you feel good and then download their stuff. Yeah, exactly. All right. This is a big about face. And Megan, I could put 10 million dollars on the fact that this is not something you would do to get in the January mood. But here is a dorky thing that I actually really love. And that is to read up on or watch videos about best practices and tips for using the apps and systems I already nope. use. <laughs> I know, unsubscribe. <laughs> as rapid soon as unsubscribe. you said best practices, I was out. But yes, I, I, out. I do understand why that would work for you. Um, for example, I wrote down like Todoist, Slack, which we use for our team. Um, I use Evernote and Google Keep kind of half-heartedly. Um, the, the apps and systems that I use in the realm of technology, it could even be like your favorite podcast app or something you use for entertainment. Um, but often there, if you go to their website and look at their blog, there will be like, like basically like how like the users like the super users are using this to make their lives simpler, uh, less cluttered, um, that you can do this with like those email unsubscribe apps or anything that this time of year, you're going to see a lot about productivity, time management, simplifying. And it's very enticing 
to download a new app or system. But to me, it's even more satisfying to really learn how to use them. And if you've listened to the show for a long time, you know, that's kind of my jam. But even the ones I've been using for quite a while, I will sometimes like go to their blog and just it'll be like 10, 10 um, tips for making the most of this that you should be using. And I'm like, yes, give me those yeah. tips. <laughs> I I love that that I love that journey for you, Sarah. And I guess it ties in with my next thought, which isn't even really it's kind of a continuation of a thought that I had before that. What gets your you know, New Year's juices flowing. It's just so independent to not only who you are, but also where you are in life. And I was just realizing that this is the first January since 2020 that I'm not either smack dab in the middle of a pandemic or about to move. Yeah. So last year I moved, uh, I was getting ready to move in January. The year before that pandemic times, everything was weird. And I don't think my, I think my kids had maybe just gone back to school in person or something. It was a mess. Like life was just a mess. And then the year before that was just about to move. So, um, I think now I'm finding myself in a stage of life where, Oh, okay. I'm settled. I'm going to be in this place a while. Now it's time for me to think about not just surviving in a space, but really living in this space and what that's going to look like a year ago. That would not have been the right. It would have been kind of a waste of my time. Right. And like, set you up for disappointment, maybe. Exactly. What would have been the point? I was reading. I was kind of like lightly reading some of those things, but I was not nearly as into it as I am now. Um, so I guess the takeaway from that is that regardless of what the content is, I'm always going to find it very inspiring to consume quality content in an area of my life that I want to cultivate. Yes. But that could be really different from year to year. So like right now I am buying magazines at Tractor Supply when I go there to buy chicken feed. But I'm also listening to podcasts about writing and creativity. Um, I, I read those What Women Create and Where Women Create magazines. I realized I had bought every single one on the newsstand for newsstand prices right when it came out. So I thought, okay, well, that's a pretty good indicator that I should just go ahead and subscribe. Yeah. So I subscribed to those. Got my first one in the, um, in the mailbox the other day, and that was really exciting. And there's just something so fun about having... Yeah a magazine delivered to your house. I'm going to just um, also subscribe to a couple other indie mags because that's something I'm into right now. Like how does an independent magazine even work? And like, what do they look like inside and who are their advertisers? That's, that's fun. Like um, discovery for me that I think is inspiring, but next in a year from today, I might be in a, down a totally different rabbit hole. And it's like, I just keep surrounding myself with the stuff that right now is making me tick. It doesn't all have to be about organization or right. about life management or about personal development. Sometimes your personal development is just reading about developing things that are personally interesting to you. And the part that's so January about it is just taking a pause in early January to make sure that the content you're consuming is in alignment with those interests. So if like you've gotten super into plant-based eating in the last like couple years, but you aren't subscribed to those magazines or like you're still getting a bunch of, um, you know, like it's a, it's a refreshing of your content consumption. And Megan, I always look to you. I think you're really good at just naturally following what is turning you on for last lack of a better phrase. Like in our mother of reinvention episode last week, we talked about like, that's something I could use, uh, more practice with is like paying attention to like, why am I so drawn to like 
rose gardening all of a sudden. Like this is fun for no reason. So January is a great time to make sure that the the content you're consuming is in line with the things you're interested in. And sometimes it takes a little administrative work. It takes half yeah. a day to unsubscribe and subscribe and go through. And yes. but then how inspiring, then you get to be inspired, you know, until your interests change. I'm glad that you mentioned unsubscribing yeah. because I think that editing is a big part of it that sometimes there can be some weird like guilt or reluctance to do. Um, but your feed, let's just your your literal Instagram feed or your podcast feed shouldn't necessarily look the same year to year. You can't just keep adding on forever. Right. Something has to so go true. to make room. And if if the things that you're um if the things that are all feeding in don't fit your life, if that's the show, that's okay. It's totally like, okay. It, it creates dissonance. It if you're seeing stuff alongside the stuff that represents who you are right now, which is not a slam against a content creator you might have followed for a while that's just for whatever reason that content is not personally relevant to you. Yeah. You can let it go for a while. Yeah. You might find your way back to it or that creator might make something different later that you're interested in again, but yeah. it's okay to let go of stuff for a little while if you have to. Agreed. Well, that's a great setup for the next thing I want to talk about, which is really specific to my stage of life and talk about like actively seeking uh, content relevant to my interests. Something that is inspiring me right now is the vast number of influencers on Instagram who grow out their natural gray hair and then post real after real after real <laughs> about it. And so I made the decision to stop dyeing my hair in like September or probably made the decision in like October when when it was time to dye my roots. And I was just like, nope, I think I'm done. Um, and it wasn't like it wasn't really planned, except I'd been thinking about it for a while. And I um, it just like all of a sudden I was like, yeah, I think I'm done. I think I'm doing this. But of course, like as roots grow out, it takes a few months to where it's like, oh no, now I'm really doing it. Like now this is really obvious people. I get comments about it. You know, it's like a, it's a conversation starter. People ask me about my hair. Um, but in that time period, I have found a few, um, beauty influencers. I don't know them. I don't really know what the rest of their content is about. I think one's kind of natural beauty and, um, but they have made a space on the Instagram to show their progress of growing out naturally gray hair. And they're all relatively young or youthful, you know, late thirties, early forties. Um, they look great and they have found a way to make naturally gray hair look really fashionable and modern. Um, and so that just, it's like delightful to me. I will say there's an upper limit, just like any rabbit hole you want to go down. I don't want the feed to show me nothing but gray hair influencers. I think, um, if I count, I think I actually follow like four. And then, of course, sometimes the suggested pages will like put other ones in front of me. But I eventually found women whose content I liked and I really liked the look of their growing out gray hair and their kind of like positive messages about it. So obviously for listeners, you're not going to go all find gray hair influencers to follow. But maybe there's something else that you feel curious about or just that's really specific to your stage of life. And there are there are creators for that. And it I, I guarantee I won't be following these people forever. It's a very like season specific, just like you were saying, Megan, about the stuff that you're into. Yeah. I mean, there is something for everybody. And then there's a time when that no, like it might not even be that you don't want to see the gray haired influencers. It's just that by that point, you're already going to have gray hair. It's right. like, what else is there to say? That journey has yes. concluded yeah. in a positive manner for me. 
Well, Sarah, I have one more that's not exactly inspiring me because I'm not doing it yet, but I would love just your thoughts on this because I have a feeling you will have some input. And that is like when, both when we were um, talking about this episode and when we did the Mother of Reinvention episode last week, I was thinking about how some of the routines, the morning routines, well, I'll, I'll tell you where this all started from. I have been waking up kind of ridiculously early, kind of a lot lately, and I've decided just to lean into it and not necessarily fight it. If I wake up at four and I don't feel like I'm going to go back to sleep, I would rather just get up um, and do something. Mm -hmm. And then Eric sent me um, an article. Well, usually that thing right now is me laying in my bed playing on my phone. Mm -hmm. And he sent me an article by a brain scientist who was saying that the things that are happening in your brain in that sort of phase when you're waking up are really important things that if you then jump into like more stimulus and input, you're sort of undoing the benefits of that. Right. So it's not just like, oh, if I get on my phone right away, I get anxiety. That's not the case for me. So I sort of was not very motivated to not do that. But now I'm like, oh, that makes sense. Like maybe there's something better I could be doing with my time, even if it's just like meditating or something, Mm -hmm. because there are some thoughts that happen. I do feel like it can be a very creatively juicy time for me Mm -hmm. early in the morning. All that said, I could use some support from my surroundings in creating routines around that sort of thing. And I thought maybe it's time for me to really lean on smart technology, which I don't really do. I mean, I have a Google home, which I only used to listen to music and podcasts. I've had it for six years, maybe seven. I mean, I've had it forever. I don't use it for anything else. I have a really fancy smart clock that I use just to wake me up in the morning. Like I know there are ways to do things to like rely on the technology I'm already using anyway. And I'm surrounded by anyway to help me kind of create those habits. And I'm just wondering if you have thoughts about what that might look like. Well, I definitely, this is so like need specific. So some of my thoughts and ideas might not apply to you, but a couple things came to mind. One is I would think about what things you feel like you need to look at your phone for in the, in the, you know, first hour after waking, say, Like maybe you like to check the time. Maybe you check the weather. Maybe there's like um, other things like pieces of information that you feel like you truly need. And then just reels. It's all just reels. Okay. Well, then (laughs) it's all reels. Then then you really don't need to look at your phone at all, which is good news. No, because no need. I was going to say there are with smart speakers, the Googles and the Alexas and everything. There are ways where you can just say good morning and it will tell you like the forecast for the day and just like greet you. I but always maybe think that's that would cool. be maybe that could still be a shortcut, though. I don't need those things. But maybe if I just said good morning yeah. to an Alexa and it said, hey, here's your daily docket yes, or something. They do. So so that is one thing you can program any of those smart speakers to for what what do you want it to tell you when you very first greet it in the morning? And for some, it could be the weather. It could be your calendar for the day. Um, it could be, you could probably ask it to tell you like an inspiring quote or something. I'm not yeah, saying you that's would, what I'm thinking. but you like, I'm wondering if it could give me like a journaling prompt or something. Cause I mean, if, if I go online to find that stuff, right. I get lost. That's what I mean. Online. That's what, yeah. I, that's where I was kind of going with like, yeah. like avoiding picking up your phone and seeing if there's another way to capture that. Okay. So that's one. Um, another thing that I have used at different points that I really enjoy and I probably will return to is we have Sonos as our main, um, music system. And our Sonos speakers are also Google homes. So we're like a Google slash Sonos and you can do the same. Sonos also works with Alexa and stuff. 
But um, you can set music to come on at a certain time of day, every day or every weekday um, on the Sonos app. And I, for a while, had basically like meditation music, like the kind of music you'd hear in a yoga studio or in a spa. Um, It was coming from a Spotify playlist, I think. Um, But it was set to come on at like 515 in just in our front living room at a really low volume. So low that I would forget sometimes that I had done that and be like, what's that? lovely music. So I do think that a musical cue can be really low volume. It could be in your kitchen. Um, it could be in, you know, just like whatever you decide your morning routine is having music come on automatically, I think is such a gift to yourself because you're just like, Oh, how nice is that? Like there's lovely soft music playing in this room. Um, so that is, those are the two things that came to mind for me. And even though I love technology and I love smart technology, if I were to do this for myself, want to reset my morning routine and spoiler alert. I, I do, I need it just like everybody else. Every few months, I have to know like in an analog way, what are the first five things I'm going to do and what am I not going to do? So I need to like, I need to commit to that in a totally non-technology way. It could be by writing it down or just literally saying like, I'm not going to look at my phone. I am going to drink a glass of water before coffee I'm going to put my headphones by my nightstand the night before so I can do a calm meditation. Like not you don't want to make the list like 42 things long. You'll never do it. But like the three or four things you are definitely going to do. And then and then the technology supports you. But I don't think the technology can come first. I think it has to come after you decide what is the healthy. It it can't it can't decide for me. Yeah, no, it's not that smart. Yeah, it's dumb. In fact, it would rather make really poor decisions on your behalf. So, (laughs) yeah, you know, I do have um, a hatch restore clock, which I love. I'm right now just using it as a sunrise alarm. I don't use it for anything else, but Clara also has one and she hasn't been here the last few days. She's been with her dad and hers plays like music and like a, like a gentle flute Hmm. song in the morning. So I've been waking up to her hatch, which is like across the hall, like way down the hall. And I wake up to like the gentle sounds of a flute, like, but way off in the way off in the distance. And it is a very lovely and gentle way to wake up. And I also know that Hatch, which I believe you have to, um, I think you have to subscribe to this. I don't think it's free. It's like an add-on. But I think it has add-ons, which through the clock will do things like meditations and stuff. Okay. That's so cool. what an easy way to just tap into something I already have. And even if my phone was in a different room, yes. it would still happen. Yeah. That I think it's sometimes that panic about not having my phone. Like, yeah, I don't need to know the weather, but what if I today decide I need the weather? Yeah. or whatever. Well, the other one that is probably obvious, but I should mention it is the, you have an iPhone. I have an iPhone, the screen time limits features. They're pretty smart and they keep getting better and better. Now you are a natural rebel. I'm not even a rebel. And sometimes I override my, the, when it's on sleep mode or when it's on like, do yeah. not disturb. But if you're, if you're taking the time to set all this up and you're feeling committed, it can be a little bit of a deterrent. So I think I set yeah. my sleep mode from 8.45 PM, even though I'm not asleep at 8.45, but I really shouldn't need to look at my phone after 8.45 PM. And then it doesn't go out of sleep mode until 5.30 or something in the morning. And so even if I do reach over and grab my phone, it looks different. I actually have to like yes. swipe in differently. And I'm like, ugh. And so that might, the, the built-in screen time, um, settings are, they've gotten even smarter, I think in the last year and might be worth it. just the habit, like as you, as you're focusing on the other aspects of the habit, I don't think it's foolproof because you can override them, but no, but you know, a lot of times I'll be on my phone when the 
do not disturb or whatever kicks in, the sleep mode kicks yeah. in at night and the screen darkens. I'm like, oh yeah, thanks. Like, it's <laughs> honestly like, yeah. it's helpful. It's yeah. a visual cue that it's time for me to stop doing that now. Yeah. Yeah. So I agree. Yeah. It's not going to take the phone out of my hand and throw it across the room, but right. it's a nice reminder that maybe I could throw it myself. Well, I'm feeling very January inspired. I think after we get off this recording, I have some some more bullet journaling to do. So. I might even like sit up a little more straight. You know, I'm not going to get out of bed or anything, but just like, you know, <laughs> elongate your spine for a minute. I may pl- like fluff the pillows up behind my back. How about that? <laughs> I love it. Um, well, we mentioned that mother of reinvention episode that I got to guest host with you. So we'll link that up in the show notes and then we're back with you next Tuesday, a week from today. So happy easing into the new year, everyone. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the mom hour. Everything we talked about in today's episode is available at themomhour.com. And Hey, while you're there, you can find more than 500 podcast episodes, plus articles, playlists, and resources about motherhood and parenting at every stage. And if you like today's episode, we'd love it if you would take a minute to share the show with another mom in your life. You can also find us on Instagram at the mom hour, chatting and interacting with listeners between episodes. Thanks for being here, friends. We'll talk to you soon. The mom hour is supported by partners like Erica. Erica is the social media health app for teens that gives them the tools to unplug when they need to for improved health, study focus, sleep, and daily balance. Erica was built by a dad of three boys who saw that teens themselves were really becoming self-aware to the risks of social media, and he wanted to help them self-regulate. Erica works to hide distracting apps from your phone at the touch of a button, keeping them out of sight and out of mind without deleting your data. Tell your teens about Erica and save 20% on the Erica family plan with promo code THEMOMHOUR. Go to erica.app and search for plans. That's Erica with a K, E-R-I-K-A dot A-P-P and use code THEMOMHOUR to save 20%. Sarah, I started a Substack last spring just kind of as an experiment and it turns out I love it. I'm treating it kind of like an old school blog, writing about things that are happening in my life. Megan, I've loved following your stuff on Substack, and I actually just really like Substack in general. You know, we've both been a lot less active on Instagram lately, and I'm finding that Substack scratches that itch to connect and create without all the busyness of a typical social media feed. So I would love it if Mama or listeners wanted to look me up there. I'm at meganfrancis.substack.com, and that's Megan with two A's, M-E-A-G-A-N francis.substack.com.